A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Support Wrestle Talk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Wrestle Talk Universe, the Wrestle Talkers, the Wrestle Talk community. Hello, Oliver Davis. How are you? I'm good. I didn't say, because last time I said podcast, like Colt Cabana, and I thought, why do we keep advertising other wrestling podcasts No one saying else, how good they sure, are? No one else does it. I think we're the only wrestling podcast that talks about other podcasts. It's because we're insecure about our own, <laughs> our own quality. But I, then again, I don't understand like that uh, internal ruling within podcasts that you don't talk about other podcasts in fear that they may go and listen to that show. I think that's a good thing to recommend other people's shows. I guess so. Maybe it isn't from a business standpoint. Anyway, what is good is people writing five-star reviews for us on iTunes. Remember, if you write those, we will read them out on the podcast and give you a cheap pop, which sounds like this, Luke. Woo! Yeah, woo! Yeah. So uh, we're going to jump straight into a few here. She's KW says, yes! I assume they've spelt that in Matt Broken Matt Hardy's voice. The best wrestling podcast out there. I always get a little more excited for work when I see there's a new Wrestle Ramble to listen to. Hashtag swaft. Woo! Woo! Yes. Cheers, she's KW. Good review. Next up from XDavidC93. Hashtag Swaft. Best wrestling show YouTube. Best wrestling YouTube show now in podcast form. What more can you ask for? Hashtag push one the rolly. Woo. Great. Woo. Lovely song. Woo. Swaft. I don't like that last bit. Uh, that's behind me. <laughs> that is behind me. And uh, finally for this intro part, Evil Homer 88, wonder when they were born, <laughs> says highly recommended. Finally in audio format, so I don't have to spend data listening to it on YouTube. The two hosts, Ollie and Luke, have great chemistry, and listening to them talk is like you're part of the conversation with them. The episodes get me through my night shifts at work, when before I used to rely... Should we read that out? Because that might get them into trouble. <laughs> These guys are swaffed. Woo! Woo! Cheers, evil Homer. Good let's luck with those night shifts. They're not fun. Let's get on with the show. If you want to submit your own questions... Uh, please do email in to ollie at wrestletalk.tv that's o-l-i wrestletalk.tv but pre-warning you we get a lot a lot of emails which is very nice Mm -hmm. we do read them all we can't um unfortunately reply to all and we definitely can't get to them all on the podcast uh but if uh that there is um a patreon tier where if you give that amount we will get to them and that's what these guys have done so cheers cheers so the first one is from Matthew. Are you sure you want to do this? That's his wrestling nickname. His real name is Matthew Shaw. And he said, I could listen to you guys ramble for days. Uh, mine's a simple question. What got you guys into becoming wrestling fans? So what got us into professional wrestling? Uh, okay, so my uh, when I was a kid, um, probably about six or seven years old, maybe seven, uh, I once went down to my uh, local news agents mm. with my pocket money mm. um, to go pick up my latest copy of Sonic the Comic, which is what I used to buy on a weekly basis with my pocket money. Um, but I didn't pick up an a, a issue of Sonic the Comic that week, despite the fact that it was always brilliant. Um, in fact, there was something that caught my eye, and it was a WWF sticker book. Mm. And I, uh, I I was like, wow, what's this? 
and I went through and then I recognised uh, the, the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith, because my brother had a poster of the British Bulldog. I don't know why my brother had a poster of the British Bulldog because he's never been into wrestling. Um, just likes his body. Just likes the British Bulldog, I guess. Um, and uh, then, so I, I, I took it, I, I got that and I got some stickers, some packs of stickers to go in there, which probably cost me about 75p in total, I would mm. have thought, to get the whole lot. And I took it home and then my mother found it. And my uh, mother was very much against uh, wrestling. Mm. Hated the idea of it. She was uh, the sort of parent that believed that if you did watch something like that, you would end up going and uh, trying to reenact it. I don't know why people would think that, because like as kids, you don't try and reenact no, it. I no, I never, no, ever no. like pile-drived Ross Powell. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it would be dangerous. No. I would never, I would never take all the sofa cushions off oh, the sofa yeah. and lay them out and form a little mini ring no. and have a rumble with my friends around the house. No, I would never That's do anything insane. like that. That'd be insanity. Yeah, uh, I would never drag my mattress out into the back garden to practice doing uh, flip dives off the garage roof. Why would you? Why would you do Why things you like do that? that? No, no. Jeez. But anyway, so she. Uh, that's why I wasn't allowed to watch Power Rangers. I, well, I. Power Rangers I watched in secrets, but she wouldn't say to go see the movie. So I never mm. got to see the movie when it came out in cinemas. Anyway, that's a long. But so. Anyway, my mum took the. This is, this is Luke's therapy session. <laughs> my mum took the sticker book back and got me my Sonic the Comic instead. She took it back? She took Had it back. Had you used any of the stickers? No, because she'd caught me before I'd even opened any ah. of them up. So she just took it back and swapped it over. So Foreshadowing of the porn mag <laughs> ten years later, I bet. <laughs> Um, uh, but so like that kind of sort of started a bit of a, a bit of an obsession with it I had a, a VHS that mm. I used to watch uh, on the sly when my parents were out that I'd borrowed from a friend and it was another the, foreshadowing there was the, it was the Battle Royal at the Royal Albert Hall which was okay. a, set in London Davy Boy was obviously the big star then Hulk Hogan wasn't there because he was off doing movies uh, but the Legion of Doom were wrestling and I, and I found them cool and I thought the Nasty Boys were cool um, and then I also had Royal Rumble for the Mega Drive, mm. which was a great game, not doesn't hold up very well going back to it twenty years later, but still it's a great game nonetheless. But when when I really got into wrestling, when I was actually watching it uh, on on the reg, uh, was late nineteen ninety nine. I think it was when I really started to to get into it, and that's because it started to come on Channel Four. Mm. So we were we got Sunday night heat every Sunday sure. at about four o'clock, so we could watch that, and we used to get pay per views, uh, four pay per views a year for free. So two thousand was the year I really, really got into wrestling, and then during that year, I then got into uh, tape trading a lot uh, because a friend of mine was also into wrestling, so he had loads of stuff on VHS. So we went back and watched all the old pay per views. He had loads of Raw taped, so we used to just spend like hours and days just sat there, just like watching an episode of Raw. That's finished. Put the next one on watching that and then he got into uh, tape trading for ECW stuff so we used to watch a lot of that not a lot of WCW not as much as I would have liked but we'd watch the bits and pieces but that's that's basically the story of how I got into professional wrestling I uh, yeah I I mean so my one is is Sky Sky 1 and Smackdown that it used to be uh, at 10am maybe 11am every Saturday morning Uh, I don't know when it was taped back then well, it was, was SmackDown a, a Thursday night. Yeah, it was show? a Thursday night show. Mm. Yeah, so we just we got it the Saturday after. Like, if I stayed at my friend's house because we never had Sky because Rupert Murdoch is the devil and I refused to give him any money, and as do my parents. Um, and uh, so, but my friends obviously had Sky because they're quite happy to fund the devil. Mm. So I used to go there, round to their house, and just you know, I wouldn't pay for it, but they I would get to watch SmackDown yeah, yeah. On, a, on a Saturday morning. Well, uh, we we uh, subscribed to a man's very ingenious business plan and revolutionised. <laughs> Uh, sports on television. Hey, oh no! I mean, uh, full credit to him as a businessman, but um, he is the devil incarnate. And yeah, so but the problem was, is that was right in the middle of the day, and I became quite adamant. I'm gonna watch this. This is my thing. This is like my favourite thing in the world. Why would you? Why would I, I don't want to go to the shops? And you know, so it really limited what my family could do on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> because you know telly down- I didn't have a telly in my room it was telly downstairs I took over the entire lounge and my sister got into it for, for just like Stockholm syndrome I think just because she was subjected to it so much and uh yeah so the parents didn't like that side of it that it was always um that that it dominated so much of the day off and then on Saturday on Sunday rather heat would be on channel 4 mm-hmm. and then sometimes I swear like Thursday Wednesday 
Channel 5 would have Thunder. They used to have WCW stuff on, yeah. yeah. That's right. I caught some WCW stuff, but obviously that was when the, the dark days of WCW. Yeah, I didn't know that. I just saw it was wrestling. I was like, what? These aren't the normal people. Is this another WWE show? No, it says WCW. Who's the cat? Who's, who's, this, who's this disco <laughs> the f- guy? The first uh, WCW guy I remember seeing on like one of those Channel 5 shows was uh, The Wall. It's, it's The Wall, brother. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, that was, but I, I've always had a bit of a chip on my shoulder because I don't have. I'm the oldest person in my family uh, across like the uh, whole. And you mean your parents as yeah, well? Yeah, I'm older than my parents. <laughs> I was born at the dawn of time, <laughs> and it's weird, man. It's like just watch. I've been through so many loved ones mm, dying. I was going to say, yeah, yeah you, you've seen some things, man. Uh, so um, I'm the oldest one of all the kids in like my aunts and uncles and cousins. I'm the oldest cousin, and I'm older than my sister. So I've never had. A big brother to go hey have you seen terminator ah have you seen rocky hey look at this wwf hulk hogan thing uh, i've had to discover all these things by myself whereas all my friends had the older brothers oh, and I, you know they always get the pass me downs of the cool toys and they'd always know uh, these whereas i came to things very very late uh cool things like that at least ladies uh yes and <laughs> Uh, yeah, but that's uh, and my mum as well didn't like me watching it because she had a bad hip and every t- like she didn't didn't mind wrestling, but if she if she saw someone fall over like I I can't look at needles, uh, I just wince away. It's like oh get it off the screen. So when they would land on their hips specifically or do like a what do you call them bottom bumps? Well, like a leg drop. Yeah, like a leg drop. Yeah, she would she would just be like oh oh get get it off the screen. So I couldn't really watch it around then. Again, she was stopped from coming in the room for entire Saturdays. <laughs> But yeah, that was how I got into it. It was just flicking through the channels and, and mm. really latching on and being like, well, that's in the golden era. Kurt Angle, Rock, uh, Triple H, I was, I, I Stone remember, Cold at that point before I, he was injured. I particularly remember going to... Um, it was, so it was 2000. It was Christmas 2000. My uh, folks and I and my older brother, we went to Disney World for mm. Christmas. And uh, we were staying in this hotel. And in the airport, I remember my uh, my parents allowing me to buy a wrestling magazine. Ooh. And obviously, it was like one of those like year in review ones. And it covered all the stuff like WCW and ECW and stuff. Oh, like, not an official one. No, not an official one. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. So yeah, um, of course. Uh, what's been like, these Power Slam? It was like Power uh, Slam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 God, I just remember being like just it was like, mesmerized by the whole thing, and it just made me love it even more. Well, that's it. Because back then, before the internet, I had no idea what was going on. And I was a kid as well, so I had like no experience, didn't ha- didn't know how the wrestling industry worked. And then you get this this like power slam, and you're like, what? Where are all these shows? These are, are these all WWF shows? Yeah, I was very confused. I didn't know like like how like what's a house show? Yeah. You mean they do shows that aren't on tele? But who wins those? Yeah, and I I wasn't sure if it was real or not. But like I kind of like Santa Claus, mm. Father Christmas, who is real. Uh, I was kind of like, is it real? And I'd have really long discussions, but but like, how can they not get hurt? Mm. And then someone would be going, no, it's totally real. It's totally real. It's all legit, man. And then another friend would be going, no, it's not. It's choreographed. The, the ring is made of foam. They don't get hurt at all. <laughs> it's a big old it's trampoline. All fake blood. The chairs are made of yeah. lycra. I don't know. <laughs> Do you ever have that discussion when you were at school when like the, the first time you discovered ECW or those words? They were like mystical words yeah. around the playground. No, ECW. we didn't have we didn't have. ECW. Oh, no, we had like, uh, so ECW were like mystical words because that was like the older kids were like, that's real. Yeah. Like that WWF stuff, that's all fake. Like that's just that's that's fake. But ECW, that's real. They, oh, they're, that's like they're like real fights. I think I do remember a conflict because I had the ECW game. And yes, I was like, and this rules. is rubbish. Oh, it's great. It's, it's, know, built, it's built on the attitude um, in my, uh, engine. Uh, but in my, it was it just felt so bare compared oh, yeah. to the other ones. When I say I it's played. great, it is actually crap. Yeah, oh, that's good. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, like I was like, but what is ECW? And then like, it's like like MMA. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, there was I a, feel weird about this now, especially around that time as well. Because there was also the. Do you remember bum fights? That yes. was a thing in yes. two thousand as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there was this big like underground movement of bum fights. Was this collection of people who used to I pay used to, used to pay homeless people to fight each other, and they would oh. film it and then just and sell it. And I, I my friend of mine had tapes, and I bought a tape myself. Mm. I bought it off a very you know of early days eBay. I bought a, a bum fights thing. And uh, yeah, I, that's what I thought ECW was before I eventually saw it. Yeah, you know when you watch things and it makes you feel a bit ill inside. That, that's what bum fights used to do. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, 
This is just rotten. Even at that age when I didn't know what morals were. So next up, and or unless you have anything more. No, so, but it was quite fun going back through my uh, my uh, my teenage years. A journey through, and journey through time. Memory. Next up with Gravestone Gary Hawkin. Ooh. Who do you think is the best British wrestler, current or past, in the WWE? And who do you think could make it in the WWE who isn't there now? I always think that William Steve Regal was William Regal, but Steve Regal uh, was underrated and could have had a good run as a top heel. And I'd also love to see Bram have a run in the WWE. Though I don't think Bram Bram's not English, is he? I honestly don't know. I don't. I don't know that. I'm going to assume British. he is because Gravestone has put him down. Yes, but I, I, I'm not aware um, uh, whether he is or not. So, greatest British wrestler in WWE, current or past? So, okay. So, is the question who do you think is the best? <laughs> there's, current... two, there's two. There questions. is, and and who do you think could have made it? Who isn't there now? Okay, because I actually kind of answered the other question. I, I answered both questions, but the wrong way around. Sure. Um, but who is the great, the best British wrestler? I mean, I'm a big Davy Boy fan. It, it I, would have to be right. I love the British Bulldog. Yeah. I thought the British Bulldog was just the coolest dude. Ever since you saw it up on your brother's wall. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I just thought he was a badass. You know, I've got mm. a, a Bulldog T-shirt. Very, I, and it's it's sad as well because when you watch like the Bulldog's last run in the WWF, mm. like that 1999 period, it's sad, man, because this is not. This is not SummerSlam '92 Bulldog. This is I've had my back busted up by the uh, the Ultimate Warriors gimmick yeah. stage in WCW Bulldog, and it's just a bit sad. But yeah, I mean, so uh, I think I'd go with the Bulldog. But I was also a big fan of William Regal. That's Hate, it, isn't it? Hated yeah. him when I was a kid because because like he's a heel, so of yeah. course I hated him, and he always cheated to win. And then he just like go and wave. But now watching it like through adult eyes, and you see how good like he's such a natural in backstage mm. areas he had a moment on nxt tv last week i think it was last week's show anyway i was watching it here and i nearly rewound it and called you in because i think you were recording the news because they just like cut backstage and william regal's just looking off camera talking to the cameraman before someone sort of walks in to be like hey stand you know stand next mm. to them but like away from them be like hey so my full body is facing, sure. the, facing the screen and he's just talking off he's like and I had to give her 12 stitches. It was unbelievable. You've never seen anything like it. <laughs> and he was just like, and when I was watching, I was like, I can imagine William Regal went through about 30 different lines there before like, yeah. they used that one. They used that one. Uh, I, I would, uh, of course, Davy Boy is the big one. I don't think it's that really up for question, but I did love William Regal as a kid. I liked him as a kid. Mm. And when I, I would see him on Heat, that's how I was exposed to him most. <clears throat> But I just, I just loved the uh, the regal stretch. Yeah. I was really into submission based stuff when I was a kid, like the Benoit, um, the Crippler Crossface, and the Walls of Jericho. I loved the submission. Yeah, sorry. I mean, also his two thousand and one stuff. He was doing with Tajiri as yes, his, yeah, as his assistant. God, that's funny. It's so funny. Yeah, it's a shame that he, uh, his, was it his steroids? He got done for the wellness. Yeah, but that policy. was that was before well, that was before all that. So like, he came into the WWF as the real man's <laughs> man. Um, which is like an, still an amazing entrance music. He's a, a man, man, such a man. man, and that's when he had his real bad drug issues. And but as the King of the Ring later on in the noughties. Yeah, I think by the time he came back um, so in that two thousand role, I think that's when he'd cleaned himself up. And that's I th I'm pretty sure I might have my timelines wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's when he sorted himself out. Um, and that's that was almost his second chance uh, mm. at at a WWF run. Uh, as as far as people uh, who could make it in the WWE who aren't there now, um, of course, there's quite, I mean there's so many people right now who who UK is so good. Zack Saber Junior has been there. I'm a huge Marty Skell fan. He's so good. So it's going to be Marty for me. I but I'm the, the only thing I'm worried well. about. Hardly, <laughs> hardly. I can go up to Marty and go hi Marty, and he looks at me and he goes, oh yeah yeah Ollie. <laughs> I would say I mean, I'm like oh, he still remembers me but I would hardly say we're friends I mean I, I would like to think we're friends I wouldn't be so bold but uh, he's just he's, he's my favourite wrestler working today I just everything he does you know when you get excited for little bits that people do in matches mm -hmm. I don't care if it's the same match I just want to see those same spots done over and over again sorry just kidding yeah. super kick uh, chicken wing my only worry is what they would do to him in WWE and how they would change his gimmick. Yeah, I was going to say, because he couldn't come in with the same villain character. Or if he did, it would be like a watered-down WWE yeah. version of it, where like they would... 
what WWE tend to do is they like they bring a gimmick in but sort of focus on the wrong thing mm. so they would like focus on the death mask or the, the Plagueis mask and be like oh okay that's the thing then let's make it all about this so that's a character now you're a supernatural yeah thing. now you're that's the character that you're playing when you put this on you're a different person and that's mm. what they would focus on rather than being like no no it's just a cool thing I wear to the ring yeah uh, but of course I mean I used to love Doug Williams oh back man in the, uh, yeah the, before he went to TNA and then in the TNA bits. Yeah, his I, FWA was days incredible. was... I, I used to love uh, yeah, Doug Williams. The, um, I mean, man, just like the rolling German The suplex. Chaos Theory. Oh, yeah. So good. A wicked finisher. Actually, a guy in <laughs> WWE that I thought was going to do amazing stuff, but really didn't, was Paul Burchill. Yeah, that's another I one. Th- I thought Burchill was going to do... Because he was brilliant. Like, the, the top rope C4 thing was just like... It's, it's just incredible stuff. You're like, mm. oh my God, this that move is just going to get so over in WWE. But they got in... Didn't really know what to do with him. Saddled him with a pirate gimmick. I mean, that that's a hilarious story in itself. That Vince yeah. McMahon was like, "Oh, this Pirates of the Caribbean's popular. Do, uh, make it, give me a pirate character." So they got him to Just do the timing. They got him to do the character, and then when he did it, Vince McMahon was like, "What's this?" Because Vince hadn't seen Pirates of the Caribbean. He just ah. heard it was popular, but didn't know what the character was. So he's there doing d- the Johnny Depp thing. He's like, "What the hell? That's not a pirate. What the hell was he doing?" And then that was it. He was done for. He was buried after that. Um, it's a shame as well and they tried to do the um, the incest angle with him and uh, Kate Lee, but, Kate Lee but, yeah, yeah, which didn't go over either no. but do you know who is a, a, a British talent that I would have loved to have seen really given a chance up on a, on a big stage who I really feel like he got some amazing stuff and he made a real good career for himself Jodie Fleisch mm. would have loved to have seen like, Jodie Fleisch would have been awesome in yeah. like the WCW Cruiserweight stuff and Jodie and Johnny Storm and Johnny Storm incredibly well I was going to say like these two like that that's a match like I, I love two wrestlers that have that match mm. that they just have a match that they just tour around the world incredible yeah. and you book people to have that match it was the the uh, Guerrero Malenko you wouldn't just book Guerrero or Malenko You're like no I'm booking both of those because yeah. I want to book that match onto my show because that will sell me tickets I'm pretty sure it's Jody, one of the worst botches I've oh, ever seen no it is Jody. I know it's anything where he hits his face into the oh. yeah so it's a shooting star press off of the top rope to the outside somehow he completely misses the guy and he lands face first onto one of the steel steps which is the entrance to the, oh the ring oh my god it's so brutal it is it is incredible. it's in the British Wrestling oh. Weekly thing it's in it? the don't try this at, at home. home yeah and so I have to, I wince every time still I watch it oh yeah but I've, I've saw Jody a couple of times um, down in FWA mm. and um, yeah I just thought he was brilliant absolutely loved him but there's so there's so many people Wade Barrett could have been incredible yeah. if they gave him the proper push yeah really really uh, like if he if that Nexus angle was done right or even if they gave him a better run with the uh, Bad News Barrett stuff mm. that could have been great Um, he said you oh British so I love Seamus yeah yeah absolutely yeah I wouldn't say he's the best British wrestler there uh, but but yes, yes. So those uh, are mine. yeah, some good uh, other good British town to look into. Um, uh, Robbie X, who I mentioned on the the show the other day, and um, Justin Seismer is Seism. Seism. Sorry, I keep, I keep calling him Seismer, and I don't know why. But the Hammer, he has just got such a great look, and he's so young that he can oh, man like he's got so much talent to bring to this world. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but there's so the UK scene is incredibly good right now. So apologies if we have missed that we could have like just listed a net. I could say yeah. Run off a list of about forty names. RJ saying another one. Yeah. So next up we have a question from Hard as Nails Nick Schiff. Now this is a long one and I'm going to take you on the journey because it's quite an interesting one and it does give some context to the the uh, the ending question. Thanks to the WWE Network, I have been able to watch the glory days of then WWF and relive all these classic moments that I once never saw before. I became a fan in 2010, so I have had a lot of storylines and feuds I never knew once happened to catch up on. Just finished WrestleMania 2000. Sorry for that. On the other hand, my lady partner has been a fan since her childhood and watched Raw when it was happening in real time. When I watched the old episodes... It gives her some nostalgia when watching and reminiscing over some of her favourite memories. This leads to a heated debate about women's wrestling. She loves how involved China used to be in men's storylines and even at one point capturing the Intercontinental Belt, which was a huge milestone at the time. Spoiler, she did it twice. With women... Yeah, poor poor Gary there. It was Gary, wasn't it? No, it's Nick Schiff. Uh, 
With women's wrestling today being some of the best ever seen in WWE, she believes the company would be should be interweaving women and men's storylines like they once did in the past, with China and even later in the 2000s. Her flagship for this is Charlotte Flair as the woman to rise above the ranks. She could be seen as the most athletic and believable to take on the men. Nia Jax has proven nothing to either of us besides her size. Personally, I find that this scenario could not happen in today's WWE because of their current storylines and PG format compared to how they used to book China initially against the men. Jeff Jarrett, anyone? So I leave it to you and Luke with your side of the debate. Do you guys believe that one day someone like Charlotte could wrestle a man and win their belt? Or is it just a fantasy with today's WWE hierarchy disapproving of this concept? We'd both love to hear your thoughts. This is a really interesting one because I can see... Oh, you just kicked my... Oh, did I? Yeah, you did. I hardly touched it. I know, well, you, you did kick it. But for everyone who... That, that means nothing to either podcast or video listeners, I touched the cable with my foot. And it knocks out the sound in my headphones so I can't hear myself. Um, I can see both sides of this debate. So... On the one hand, like when Lucha Underground do it, I think it's great. I think that people like Sexy Star are really, really good. And I liked seeing their matches. There was, um, uh, when you had, uh, I think it was Sexy Star who won the, uh, yes, the championship. Yes. And uh, she was then going up against um, uh, Cuerto, Davio Cuerto. And it was like, oh man. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Because he's just like this big, big... Dario Aquatus, no. the authority figure. You're thinking not... of... He was the, he was the, he was the champion yeah. at the end of season one. It's not Penta... It's it's not Penta. Um, it's just carry on. Yeah, just... carry on. But anyway, he used to like sit up on a throne. It was like a Mortal Kombat villain. Yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah. But anyway, it was and it was him. And the match was just brilliant. It was just like you know, just throwing her around like an absolute ragdoll because she's what was she you know, she's five foot nothing and just mm. throws her around. And I thought the match was actually quite good. And I was I've really gone into it because I bought into her character. I'm pretty sure it was Sexy Star at the time as well. It might have been someone else. But anyway, regardless, I might begin. I haven't seen it in a while. And um. But you listen to a review, someone like uh, Brian Alvarez and uh, Vincent Verhey over at Figure Four slash Resting Observer, when they were reviewing it, they were like, I just felt really uncomfortable watching it because I'm just watching this this very, this hundred pounds soaking wet woman just being ragdolled around and just being like her face being stood like stamped into by this mm. much larger man. And it's very uncomfortable to watch. So I do I do see both sides of the argument. <clears throat> The China one, I think, is very interesting because at the time you could tell that no one wanted to do it. Uh, China was really pushing for it. She really wanted to do it. But everyone in the back really didn't want them to do it because they didn't they didn't buy into women 
fighting men. There were a lot of guys who were very uncomfortable uh, putting her over because it ma- they thought it made them look weak. Jim Ross on commentary, if you go back and listen to him, he is constantly burying like the idea of it, just going, like, "I don't believe, I don't buy it, I just don't believe it." And it's like, "Oh my god, all right, like you're meant to like, I know you don't believe it, but look, put your personal feelings aside and just focus on it." Do you know what he always used to do about this? Going back and watching old pay-per-views, he has such a thing in it. He has such a such a thing in for Billy Gunn because he wears earrings. <laughs> it's just like he's wearing an earring. I just think that's really disrespectful. That's <laughs> why he's wearing an earring. I think wearing an earring is for, as for ladies. That's what women do. He's pro- poor JR probably had a really bad experience with an earring, and he's just he's seen it. It's triggered him. Oh. Mm. Um, so yeah, I can see both sides of the argument. I don't see WWE doing it anytime soon. Um, unless it was someone like a Nia Jax like it would never be an Alexa Bliss it would never be a Sasha Banks or a Bailey but it would be someone like uh, and the reason why China was put in there is because she was huge and she was a, she was a bodybuilder Dana Brooke possibly could be that decision, but she's, she's like five foot nothing herself. So again, that's like as soon as you put her into the ring with someone who's six foot, it just looks ridiculous. I tell you how you could do it: you could have like a, a Sasha Banks against an, a heel manager, Enzo Amore. That's where, a, where there's yeah. not much physicality at all. It's just like a slap. Enzo wouldn't get any in this. Just for example, Enzo wouldn't get any offense in, and Banks would make him tap. Yeah, it's like that, the, that's fine. The uh, they did it in ECW with uh, Foz, uh, Fonzie sure. against uh, Francine. It's like you know this big bloody brawl, and it was <laughs> it's marvelous, but it, it it's it's a it, um, I want to say a gimmick because that makes it sound like it's awful, but that's what it was. It was it was yeah. a, a gimmick match. So the uh, so for the Lucha Underground case, that works, I think, because. Uh, it's it's such a fantastical world. People fly, people teleport. You've got genuine undead wrestlers. So the and, and monsters who eat people behind chains. It's a comic book. Matanza. Was so, it Matanza? Was that um, Matanza? Matanza. Yeah, yeah, Matanza. Yeah. Uh, so it's like a comic book. So it's like it's like saying, oh, I don't believe uh, Miss Marvel couldn't beat up Captain America. Yeah. When, when you know they're both people with superpowers, they could do. So the the. The intergender stuff in Lucha Underground, I've got no problem with because it's woven into the fabric of the concept. Uh, but people obviously do get a bit like they they do recoil when they see a man beating up a woman, even if it's all fictional. Mm. Um, I, d- I don't have any problem with it because I I know it's fake. Uh, not, it, it, you, fake predetermined. You, yeah, you know, the, the the lady is part of this. Yes. She's not. It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. consensual pretend beating up. Uh, just like how in a film, if a man was to be violent against a woman in a film, and that was used to show how the man is a bad person, like I'm like, oh okay, this is servicing the story. Like, just having women involved in violence from men isn't exploitative. It's it's a story. It can be a sto- it can be exploitative. I'm not saying it can't. It was with China. Yeah, uh, but it's it's about whether it services a larger story. But that's that. And so Lucha Underground is contained in its own fictional world. Where it comes a problem for me, someone who doesn't find uh, men and women fighting as off-putting morally or in my stomach, and I, I don't mind if you do think that, I know a lot of people do, mine comes from a believability perspective. That's it. Uh, and I, so I only found this out a few months ago, how... So Serena, I'm going to use the Serena Williams example. No, okay. So I know you. I thought you might use this, but mm. is this fact? Yes. Because there are two. It's on Wikipedia. Well, I was going to say. Well, I was going to say because there are two sides to this. Yes. There is the story that you're going to tell, and there's the other side of it, which is the match never happened, but it was a John McEnroe rant about it, saying that if that would happen, she wouldn't be able to beat uh, uh, whichever the, the, the rank it was. Well, this match did happen. So okay, so that's what I'm saying is because yeah. like I've because I relayed that story onto my lady partner. She said that it actually never took place. It was just a John McEnroe rant. No, this is uh the so here we go. Battle of the Sexes, tennis. So I'm reading Wikipedia is my source, mm-hmm. so, and this is back in 1998. Uh, the Williamses are still, of course, very proficient at tennis. I don't know if they're more so now than they used to. So uh, this was. The, the Williams sister says, we're so good, we could be anyone outside the top 200 players in the world. And someone who was ranked, let me get this, uh, 203, who was a fellow by the name of Carsten Brash. I don't know where he's from. He challenged them both. 
And um, he, so this one journalist described him as a man whose training regime centered around a pack of cigarettes and more than a couple of bottles of ice cold lager. So matches took place in Melbourne for the Australian Open. Brash had just finished a round of golf and two beers. He first took on Serena and uh, beat her 6-1 in a game. And then Venus walked on court and Brash won 6-2. Okay, so, so that's fine. Yeah. I, I just wanted to clarify because I've heard both. I've had both arguments. Oh, that, but that's the the actual one. So really, I never knew the. I thought like, oh, top women, top female tennis player in the world, she would, you know, probably be able to take on the number fifteen, right? I had no idea the actual golf in biology was that huge, uh, for it to not even the the top two hundred. I don't know if that's the same as now. This is nineteen ninety eight, of course. But you'd imagine for fighting where it's a lot more down to the muscular blah, 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 blah. it would say, be like, even it, more dominant yeah I mean I, I mean, I don't want to be that guy but say like if you put Ronda Rousey and Conor McGregor inside the octagon but w- it's, would it would would that be considered a fair fight yeah it's I mean, not even on, that it's depending like on weight classes I suppose like Ronda Rousey like in her similar weight class what level of MMA fighter in the world would she have to go up against it's that so I, I don't know but it's it's not so it it doesn't make sense from a believability perspective. That's why I struggle with it. Uh, of course, you can make the argument that WWE is a fantastical place where you play characters. You've got the you did have the Undertaker walking around. I'm sure Kane's going to come back at some point. But yes, overall, as a rule, I prefer my wrestling to be more reality based, and it doesn't just it doesn't quite fit with me. For me, it, it's it's a case of the believability thing does come into it, and like I like to. When I enjoy WWE most when uh, I treat it like it is a sporting contest. Mm. Um, and that's why I like Brock Lesnar so much. He feels like he is a real fighter going into these these fights. They are predetermined. And whenever, because like, I've, I've said this enough times, and people have said, like, people who hate Brock Lesnar, like, well, just watch UFC then. I don't like watching UFC. I find it really boring. Because UFC is, it, with WWE, it's all about the pomp and circumstance, the pyro and ballyhoo. So I, I, when I do try and keep it as a, or treat it as a sporting contest, and within the sporting world, men and women matches are kept separate. Mm. So if WWE followed that format as well, that's fine with me. But I, you know, as I said, I really enjoy uh, man v women matches in shows like Lucha Underground and ones that I've seen around the world. But actually, you know, ones I've seen in the past, so Lita and Dean Malenko. They had a match on Raw back in two thousand, late two thousand, and it was it was great. You know, it's it's really enjoyable mm. it's, because Lita can just sort of fly around, and Dean's they're about the same height, so it, it kind of works. Yeah, it's, it's 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 a height thing. That's what I said. Like Alexa Bliss at five foot nothing is going to look ridiculous when she stands mm. in the ring with someone who's even who's even just like five foot ten, who's the same height as me. Well, I, I just to, to clarify my comments, I'm not saying you can't have it ever. No, I'm just exactly. saying that you do need to work that into the story and the angle being told. So it would have to be against the and manager, or y- a guy would have to have an injury. And usually, when they do work it into a storyline, it's for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. And I don't think I would trust mm. WWE writers. That's a very good point. I would never trust WWE writers to book that storyline. I just don't think they'd be able to do it because when they do it, they do what they did with Jeff Jarrett, which is when he would just come out on Raw every week. And like women should be barefoot and pregnant. I hate women. Mm. And then China comes down and beat him up, and then it leads to a good housekeeping match. Yeah, it's like uh, you wouldn't really trust WWE to book a sensitive foreign heel, <laughs> no. so you probably shouldn't. I, do I it for any other, I wouldn't trust them to 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 book an LGBTQ character. No. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to trust them to do it. No. Uh, do you remember when Stephanie said that? We're going to really focus on LGBT characters. I was like, oh, God. Oh God yeah. This is going to be so, <laughs> so... What's the word? Like, uh, just stereotypes. I, just, I think and, it's going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. I just wonder if, like, the Velveteen Dream is their attempt at it. Hey, well, if it comes out that he's a gay character and they never mentioned it, you're like, oh, actually, that's quite progressive. <laughs> well done, WWE. Uh, and finally, from Rollable Rocco Beverlock... That's how I'm pronouncing it. I don't care. Locking in the Bevelock. He says, If all the stars deserving to be on top of the WWE were actually treated like top stars, would there or would there not be a lot of balancing problems? There are only two main event titles and the US Intercontinental titles far below, it seems. So how could they pay all their due respects to each star? Not everyone can be champion at once. Now I'm going to hand this over to you because you said you had quite a lot to say about this. I have I have some thoughts of my own, but I wonder if they're going to be similar to yours. I don't know if it's uh, it's quite a lot. It's just I'm very 
I, I feel quite strongly that the idea that everyone should be a champion is very very wrong that's that was pretty much my point as well someone actually got in touch with me on twitter today saying like with all of these like great uh characters we've got at the moment these great wrestlers do you think they should uh, introduce more titles and i'm like what would be the point like mm. it just it just by by introducing more titles it devalues every other title that's on there um and and yeah i agree with you it's just that i just just book people into to feuds yeah that it doesn't have to be for a title it's it's like so sometimes like if you think back to the 80s and the, and the 90s where wrestling was booked a lot more logically well wwe was uh, r- roughly and you think roddy piper never had a championship mm-hmm. uh million dollar man never had a championship yes, he was world champion was it oh but then he was that by a no i'm pretty no i'm pretty sure DBS-y? okay maybe but there, there are there are like owen jake Hart, the snake jake the snake jake owen the snake. hart now and you're like oh my god those that's how prestigious the WWF title was because Hulk Hogan would hold it for years and years. So you, you really... So I'm trying to think, like, when people talk about Rusev and, like, Rusev, come on, he could be a world champion. I'm like, I love Rusev and I want Rusev to be really suddenly pushed. But and based on what I've seen so far, I'm not thinking... in my pre- If I was in control of WWE, I'm not thinking, I'll put my WWE championship on Rusev because he's good. I would put my championship on who would be the top drawing money person. And I don't really see money in Rusev. I just see a really, really good, solid, uh, upper mid, lower top card talent. So that means if you just keep the belt on these mega, mega stars, when that belt's defended, people are like, oh, holy hell, this is a big deal. I'm going to tune in for this one. That's why Brock Lesnar feels massive. Uh, you d- there, to be honest, for me, there's no one else on that level now. Uh, Goldberg when he came back he felt on that level because he was similarly treated but back in the classic John Cena does that's uh, actually one um, but he's overexposed but back in the day Austin Rock I mean Mankind got kind of a token one um, but re- if you just keep it on just a top the, your mega mega money people and you go through challenges like Rusev could be an excellent challenger for two months a two month feud and then he goes goes back down into a number one contenders fight or maybe an intercontinental title feud do it that way but yeah the the, the mindset that oh uh so and so's been with the company cesaro's been with the company for ages or kofi's a good example a lot of people say about kofi like he should be a grand slam champion uh because he's won all these things he's been with the company forever he's why not why not give him just a world championship run like but, but the, you don't want to be handing these things out mm-hmm. it's again i said it the other day you People like wrestlers deserve the respect, but not everyone is world championship material. I completely agree with you, and I like actually. I think it's my biggest criticism I have with WWE at present, and I'm looking at this from a city from a SmackDown side of things. With SmackDown, they are very bad at creating storylines outside of titles mm. so like the randy orton rusev is a great example they were like okay so we're gonna have randy orton versus rusev at SummerSlam. uh what's the build for this we haven't had one because we've been putting time onto the the world championship and we've been putting time onto the u.s championship and we've been putting time onto the women's championship the women's division is, is beyond the worst for it if you are not going for the women's belt, you're not allowed a storyline. Mm. And that's where my issue lies. Because you can just have feuds. I wanted them to do, um, I think I said Becky Lynch versus Charlotte at SummerSlam. I thought it would have been a, a, a great match. Another match. Oh, no, you, okay, another match. But I would have rather had like that match on the card than say, you know, just uh, uh, any other, you know, maybe one of the other matches. You could have taken Big Cass off. But mm. I suppose you. But the point I'm making is that it's... It just seems silly that you they only seem to write storylines around people who are going for belts. That's where the problem lies for me. Tags, you know, the tag team division is the same thing. Mm. Yeah, so... And if you think... Because the larger bit of this question is if all the stars deserving to be at the top of WWE were treated fairly, so you're thinking, like, uh, you, your Rusev's, your Cesaro's... Your Bobby Roode's. Your Bobby Roode's. Like, you're thinking... Ah, so if all those good people were moved to the top, like, you know, how quality floats to the top, actually, that's probably enough for two whole brands there. Mm-hmm. And then all the other people who aren't really connecting uh, would go down. Holy, holy moly. 
that is an amazing roster because WWE have an incredible roster mm-hmm. of talent. Unfortunately, they're not really allowed to show how good they are in the style of matches that WWE makes them put on. I mentioned the, the um, Armageddon Hell in a Cell earlier. And you actually you look at the star power that's in mm. that match, and not every one of those was a champion. Like you know, at the at the same time, because they only had the one belt, it was just the WWF title. And you had Kurt Angle going in as champion, but he was going against The Rock, Steve Austin, Triple H, The Undertaker, wow. and R- Rikishi. Rikishi. But Rikishi they tried. But Rikishi, they were trying. They were they were trying to push him, but they just did an awful job. He mm. lost his first two pay per view matches and barely got any offense in on either one of them. But like you, even that that first five. Those are five top, top guys. All-timers. All, exactly. And all of those five, whether uh, if they weren't facing Kurt Angle, mm. they were in their own matches. They were in their own feuds. Like the uh, Triple H would be feuding with Kurt Angle before mm. Kurt Angle was champion. And The Rock would be feuding with Chris Benoit, who were they, tra- they were trying to push up into the, uh, the upper limit. Then Steve Austin would be feuding with Triple H, not for the championship. They would just be in a real blood feud. It can be done. That, that's the other thing that's been lost, actually, because like blood feuds have been lost. But number one contender feuds have been lost as yes. well. Like you'll just have a whole match on a pay-per-view dedicated to who's going to get the next title shot. But because WWE is this horrible rematch clause if you lose the belt and, and they just string out feuds forever using the same repetitive match, you don't get those ones because that means the next pay-per-view really should be the number one contender getting yeah. a shot. Yeah, actually, I mean, if you look Championship at... opportunity. If you look at the, the main events of um, 2000, let me use that as an example... And I'm just thinking this off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure every single one of those features a different person, with the exception of Royal Rumble and No Way Out, which was both Triple H versus mm. Cactus Jack. I'm pretty sure that's the only repeated main event throughout 2000. It's really interesting. And that's weird. Like, and there were uh, three or four different guys as champion. Uh, three. It was Triple H, Rock, and um, Kurt Angle were the only three champions that year. And there was always a different match every single um, mm. pay-per-view. And it was always like a really big, oh, man, I can't believe this is the main event. This is going to be great. Yeah. And it was always, and that's you know, you're not even including guys like Kane in there, who at the time everyone was like, Kane, Kane's gonna be world champion mm. at some point because he's he's an absolute, he's an unstoppable monster. Well, I hope that answered your question, Rocco. But that's I, all I, we've got time for. I felt we answered that question better than the women's one, but yeah. Well, I mean, that was a, a question-heavy show. I like doing mailbag episodes. I find mm. I find that we get like a big uh, a plethora of. Um, of stuff coming out of it. Can I uh, just add one more anecdote in that I forgot uh, to add in? Very, very quick one. Uh, it was around the question of how you got into mm. wrestling. So, picture the scene. It's the year 2000. It's the summer of 2000. My, uh, I'm watching some wrestling. I'm watching the graps. My mother walks in and she sees China on screen and she looks at me and goes like, that's a man. And I was like, it's not a man. She's like, I'm telling you, that is a man. And then walked off. In my head, I was like, well, she's just on Playboy. I know that she's not a man. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what you expected from the mailbag episode. You're like, question heavy. Well, no, I, question heavy episode. Not, not, not like, not like a. Poof. I did Ooh. not exceed. I just didn't see that coming. God, give, give me some warning next time <laughs> when we're going to do a mailbag episode I that it's going to have that many questions in. I was expecting some reviews in there. Uh, so I, yeah, I felt found a bit. Found a bit awkward with the the lady wrestling well, question. Yeah, I, I find it's it's very difficult for you and I as straight white males to be able to talk about that topic because I just I don't think I'm well I'm not suited to answer that question because I am not a, a lady. So well, you're a guy. That's half of the equation. That's half the equation, I suppose. Yeah, but I, to be honest, I think I, I summed it up right at the end. And I wish I thought of that at the start, which is that I do not trust WWE to book that mm. angle successfully. Yeah, yeah. So, skip the question. Dodge yeah, the question. Dodge That's the, the question. best way to do it. <laughs> I feel unsettled about it, not because I don't think I have a right to comment on it, but because it's a hot-button-sensitive issue. And some people claim there's no biological difference between a man and a woman, which... uh See now you're just making no, it worse. Going down no, that you bit. are opening up a <laughs> rabbit hole. I did not say that, listeners. That is not my hey, viewpoint. Hey, but I have not put my allegiances down anywhere there. I just merely said <laughs> that that's a theory out there. I am not looking forward to the YouTube comments. I think we'll be okay because it's 97% man. Yeah, I know, but some of those 97% of men are not going to, they're going to just hate women. And, uh, and yeah, those, those are the comments I'm not looking forward to. I'm, I don't want either the social justice warrior response accusing us of stuff we never said, nor the, the other side of the spectrum agreeing with stuff we never said. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so uh, hopefully, hopefully it all goes well. 
Um, so let's read up some more. Read up. Let's read them up. These reviews. The Stigs. <coughs> Excuse you. Wow. Got choked up and emotional. This review is lovely. The Stig's English Cousin. I believe that's a Top Gear reference. It is. Excellent as always. Love that Wrestle Ramble is finally a podcast. Makes the long car journeys home so much more enjoyable and the miles melt away. Keep up the good work, Luke and Ollie, and always remember to keep it swaffed. Yes. Woo! Woo! Great Cheers. review. Great review. Not the miles melt away. It's good. Isn't that nice? That's Especially good. as we're recording this on a Friday. That is poetic. Melt away. Uh, next up, we have Sorted for Life. Luke and Ollie are the best. Talk about your... Mm. <laughs> okay, so uh, the start of this review has some shade thrown at other uh, very, very and, good and, uh, podcasts. I believe it's also uh, emulating the Austin 316 promo from um, uh, King of the Ring 96. Right. You talk about your John 316. You talk about your Bible. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It does, doesn't it? Well, I, I'll just, I'll just put in a bleep. Uh, so you, talk, talk you, about hang, your. Hang on, are you putting in the bleep, or am I editing in a bleep? I'm gonna bleep myself. Okay. Yeah. Talk about your other podcast. Talk about your other podcast. Wrestle Ramble says I just rambled way too much. These two are so great, real funny, and the most genuine cup of guys I've ever seen on YouTube. Hashtag, we're coming for you, Pritchard. I'll Ooh. mention that one. Yes. Because we, we re- that's a really good podcast. We always but Pritchard. we're coming for you. <laughs> God, the day, if if we ever surpass Bruce in the charts. Yeah. I mean, it will mean nothing because iTunes charts apparently are yeah. just superfluous and just yeah. like, they're, they're all over the show. But for but, those two hours when we're ahead of them before iTunes updates and everything changes, you know what, it's going to be a good two hours. I, I think my thing is when... Uh, Pritchard's going to do a show and someone's going to mention it to him. Oh, no, I don't like I don't like the idea of it going back to the people. Exactly, yeah. Like, can you imagine, like, someone going to a Pritchard show, it's like, what do you do? You make of the Wrestle Ramble, always saying that they're, like, they're a podcast that's coming after you? What's Pritchard gonna, what are Pritchard and Conrad going to say then? They're going to be Who? really... They're going to be... <laughs> they're going to be really nasty about it. And <laughs> really, we mean it in a very well-intentioned way. Like, oh, you're like, this is when we say we're coming for you, Pritchard. What we really mean is, man, you've got a really good podcast. <laughs> One day we hope to be at the same level as yours. Maybe, dare I say, even surpass it. Uh, but it, uh, but they won't hear that. They'll no. just say, oh, these two, these British dorks are ca- say they're going to beat you one day. <laughs> Slagging you off on their podcast all the time, mate. I hope. Oh, man. Someone's definitely, <laughs> now we've mentioned it. Someone's definitely going to do that. At least I've always said nice things about the Outdoor podcast. Yes. Uh, and finally, from Horok, they say informed and funny. Love the back and forth between Ollie and Luke. Really happy this is finally on iTunes. Long live Wonder Ollie. Yes, he is. Can't say enough about it. Both know what they are talking about and are interesting. Swaft. Yes. Whoa, cheers, Horok. Horok. Uh, that is all we've got time for. We're off to have a bank holiday weekend yes we are because we're recording this monday podcast on friday on friday exactly yes so actually you're listening to this but we're not even in studio we are pre-recording this mother which means so much news has probably broke (laughs) all of wrestlemania's been changed SummerSlam's been erased from the books i genuinely can't believe we didn't talk about asuka at all in in the video that we did today well because none of the questions were what do, do I need to explain the mailbag concept to you? <laughs> They're questions from listeners. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, right. we'll see you on Wednesday. Yeah. Love you. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.